1: This is episode 81 of the Canadian Connection podcast here on uh, Rocket Sports Radio, um, the Lars Eller edition. Um, Please be joined in studio by the Lars Eller to my Marcel Hossa, uh, Mr. Rick Stevens. Uh, Rick, how are you doing on this on this fine day?
2: there you are and
1: uh, there we go i apologize for that there was a bit of a delay in getting you over to uh to live uh so uh but we as i said rick episode 81 of the canadians connection podcast we have a jam-packed show um and we are going to be talking about the hub cities that is being thrown out there as a possible way to resume play i i said and, and uh, you might not have heard it i said that this is going to be episode 81 the Laura zeller edition i understand i know that you have uh, a, a tremendous amount of respect for Lars Eller i said that you were the Lars Eller to my Marcel Hosa would you like to go anywhere from there <laughs>
2: <laughs> well uh glad we're connected and yes sometimes yes. it takes uh cross country connection takes uh, a few yeah. seconds longer <laughs> um but uh, Lars Eller Lars Eller I'm I'm I couldn't be happier for Lars Eller uh, where he is now, how he is valued, and contributing to the Washington Capitals, and of course, um, a, a Stanley Cup uh, winner uh, with the Capitals. With with the Canadians, uh, you know, uh, Lars Eller was the perennial whipping boy, and and uh, um, it was mostly because he was a, a threat to the the the. the Fan favorite David DeHarnay, and the favorite of the media and, and uh, um, coaches in t- taking his job. So, but uh, Lars Eller, I mean, there he is, a thirty-five to forty-point guy uh, on the, th- the third line, gets bumped up to uh, take top four minutes every now and again. Uh, 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 special teams, uh, uh, penalty killer. Uh, Lars Eller is, uh, yeah, he's he for for his role. He's, uh, he's excelling at it and uh, happy for him in Washington.
1: And validated now by that Stanley cup, even when he was with Montreal, he was a playoff performer. He was somebody that you could rely on in in big games and uh, certainly lived up to that with the Washington capitals and has that cup ring around his finger. So uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good stretch for Lars Eller. And and yeah, as you said, I'm incredibly happy uh, for Lars in that. Um, But Rick, I said that we've got a jam-packed show today, and we do. We've got some news out of Russia um, to start off this podcast, and it was touched on on from the press box as well. With this being a a signing that is looks like it will impact the Laval Rocket a little bit more than the Montreal Canadiens, but the Canadiens signed Russian goaltender, 26-year-old Russian goaltender, Vasily Demchenko, to a one-year two-way contract. Um, And this this 26-year-old Russian he split this season between Tractor Chelyabinsk and Metalurg Magnitogorsk of the KHL. Um, so, Rick, what did you think of that contract? And certainly uh, the goaltending situation in the Montreal Canadiens organization is a rather complex one with a lot of moving parts. Um, two young goaltenders in Caden Primo and Michael McNiven down in Laval. You have Charlie Lindgren up in Montreal. This Does this put any sort of pressure on those guys do you think
2: well i think as you said lots of moving parts um uh, what what are the fixed parts the fixed parts are carrie price as as uh you know your your franchise player as your number one goaltender and caden primo as uh, a fixture now in laval and and gaining experience and and needing one more full year in the ahl perhaps to so those are your fixtures. The moving parts are um, Michael McNiven spent a lot of time in the ECHL being bumped around with the Canadians, not having a, an ECHL affiliate. You have uh, Charlie Lindgren who um, was uh, uh, in that rotation with, uh, with Primo to uh, start the year in Laval and then did a really uh, credible job when he was uh, called up um, as Keith Kincaid was uh, sent down. Um, I, I, I don't know where Vasily Demchenko fits into that. Um, You know, you look back, skip last year and you look back and, and there's a guy with a a 930 save percentage for three years in the KHL. Uh, And that's hoping, uh, I guess the Canadians are hoping that he can get back to that form had a bad year last year. Uh, He was 40th in the KHL in save percentage. He was 40th in goals against average. Uh, He won just nine of the 36 games that he appeared in. Um, So um, uh, this isn't a, this, as I said on, from the press box earlier this week, uh, he's not a a diamond in the rough. He's not a, a, someone that the Canadians unearthed. He's well known to the NHL community. He's appeared at, um, camps for the Arizona Coyotes and, 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 uh, um, there's some, there was some interest in Ottawa. So, um, this doesn't, uh, he's well known. Um, he was scouted by Vincent Riondo of the organization. Um, and I, I, I guess there's a hope of him, uh, being, a uh, carry price backup, but you've got to think that the Canadians would be, have learned their lesson by now with Kincaid, uh, with Anti Niemi, that they, they need a, a, a veteran NHL experience backup. And this guy doesn't seem to fit that bill. So, um, is he, you know, insurance is, is he going to help Lavelle? Um, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, but, but also the other aspect of this is, You know, we had the purge a couple of years ago of ridding the organization of of any Russian, whether that was coincidental or or or, you know, there's 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 theories about that. Um, And with with Romanov coming over, um, the organization wants to support him and put him in a good position. Uh, So maybe there's there's this has something to do with that as well.
1: And yeah, to that end, there was some other news um, that Alexei Marchenko, who is a, currently a teammate of Alexander Manov, uh will not be re-signing with CSKA Moscow of the KHL. So the Montreal Canadiens reportedly interested in his services, so potentially you have a guy that could be making the trip over, and he's a guy with NHL experience, played with Detroit, played with Toronto for a bit. So potentially you're looking at a guy coming over with Alexander Romanoff, and easing that transition a little bit? Well,
2: yeah, on paper, that looks pretty good, right? Uh, Marchenko is a a 28-year-old, lots of experience, drafted in the seventh round in 2011 by the Red Wings, uh, has played 104 games in the AHL, 120 games in the NHL for both the Red Wings and the Maple Leafs, Um, a, a third pairing of Marchenko and Romanoff, uh would look pretty good um um he had uh 21 points last year a plus 29 uh so pretty responsible uh, defenseman now you'd have uh marchenko uh on a third pair right side as i said competing with kale flurry competing with noah Julson, competing with perhaps even josh brook um maybe that's the kind of of competition that That the Canadians want. Um, Now, this is just, you know, speculation at this point, but the speculation has been going on since February, uh, where it first came out that Marchenko would probably be coming to North America for next year. And there's a, there's a few teams other than the Canadians uh, who are interested. But um, again, uh, this would fit into that narrative of trying to ease things for Alexander Romanov coming to North America.
1: And uh, before we completely leave the topic of easing things for Alexander Romanov, because this is a news item that could potentially branch into that, though this is a little bit more of a of a Montreal Canadiens story from this year. Uh, Eric Engels wrote a mailbag article for Sportsnet in which he said that based on his knowledge, based on what he has heard from the Montreal Canadiens and and you know, the, the stories that, that have come out, he is, um, let the exact wording is it's all but assured. Kovalchuk will be back in Montreal come 2020, 2021. He, he adds that with that said, a lot can happen between now and then. So maybe hold off on getting another Jersey. If you wanted an Elia Kovalchuk Montreal Canadians Jersey, but we've had this conversation. We had it after the trade deadline we've had it before the trade deadline about Ilya Kovalchuk and what he was for the Montreal Canadiens in the short time that he was a Montreal Canadian and that was a guy that they picked up off the scrap heap when no one else was interested in his services particularly I mean the Boston Bruins reportedly were in they they, they had some interest but the Montreal Canadiens were the team that scooped in and, and got Ilya Kovalchuk and you know what to their uh, you know, to their credit, they traded him, they got something for him. That's, that's a nice bit of business. That's when you say, okay, thank you for that. And then move on because Ilya Kovalchuk just turned 37 years old and I understand he's Ilya Kovalchuk. He's got that name recognition. He's a guy that is a veteran and Russian. If you are, as we, as we said to tie that in with what Romanov coming over, if you wanted to ease the transition on him, maybe it'd be a good idea to get a veteran, Russian guy like Ilya Kovalchuk, um, and and you know Ilya Kovalchuk it seems like he was a very well liked guy in that room. However, I don't think you can bring back a 37 year old Ilya Kovalchuk. And yes, as as we said when they signed him, your nephew, a big fan of Ilya Kovalchuk. And I and, and and it was interesting to see him in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. Probably in the same way that it was interesting for St. Louis Blues fans to see Martin Brodeur in a St. Louis Blues uniform a couple of years ago. And then it wasn't that interesting because Martin Brodeur was no longer Martin Brodeur. And that's not a comment. That's not a, a critique on those guys. It's just players' age. And a 37-year-old Ilya Kovalchuk. I don't know if this is going to be a good thing for the Montreal Canadiens, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. As as Eric as Engels said, a lot can change. However, that was not the news that I would like to have read uh, this week.
2: (laughs) So, is this more about um, you know selling tickets, or is this about actual contributions to the team? And Let's let's be honest that when Kovalchuk arrived, um there was a huge buzz. Um and did he earn every penny of his prorated seven hundred thousand dollar league minimum contract? Uh yeah, he did, but um you're not gonna be signing him for that amount. Yeah. Uh in a second go around, right? And we saw yeah. that, um, oh, he started out, you know, playing 20 minutes a, a night and, and uh, was looking pretty good and contributing, but the last seven games in um, Montreal, he was looking a lot more like the Ilya Kovalchuk, who was in Los Angeles. Um, he had just one assist in his last seven games um, with the Canadians, and that was uh, just before the trade deadline. As we know, he was traded to... Uh, uh, Washington capitals, um, uh, assuming there was going to be a playoff run there, um, but you know he, he charmed the city, he enchanted the city um, with uh, practicing outdoors with his son and 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 always saying uh, how much he loved playing in montreal and uh, so uh, yeah fans fans are excited, and you know if it, if it wasn 't um, just. Uh, Eric Ingalls saying uh, that he's pretty sure that um, Kovalchuk will sign for next season with Montreal. There was Kovalchuk's mom who was uh, interviewed by a Russian um, network who said, um, and this is translated, of course, as far as I know, um, my son has a desire to return to Montreal next year unless circumstances don't allow it. Um, And she said that, um, he had unpleasant times in, in Los Angeles and he was discouraged. And, um, but as soon as he got to Montreal, everything changed, his game changed, his attitude changed. He was well-received by the Canadians. Um, he, had, it was much easier for him. His morale was better, all of that sort of thing. So, um, but she says he he wants to win the Stanley Cup, and and he'll have to decide if Montreal is is indeed the best place to do that. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, she also said, you know, it was fine in Montreal. In Montreal, fans <laughs> they 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 like a little bit of food, they like a little bit of hockey, um, but in Montreal, they know every detail about hockey so and and that her son appreciated that so um uh, will we see uh, Ilya Kovalchuk in a Montreal Canadiens jersey next year who knows who, who knows what's yeah. happening next week the width with the way things yeah. have been unfolding but um we we had a couple of signs this past week that that uh, uh the direction is good that that might happen
1: and, and shifting gears just a little bit to uh, current Montreal Canadiens forward and one of their more consistent contributors, uh, Brandon Gallagher, who uh, was on a conference call this week, just like, you know, Thomas Tatar before him and, and other Montreal Canadiens uh, in, in previous weeks. Um, the question came up about a contract extension for Brandon Gallagher, and that's not really a conversation that has been um, very... Uh, prevalent over the last little bit. We we sort of touched on this a couple of months back when we are talking about the next big deals that Montreal will need to get done. And Brennan Gallagher, obviously being the contributor that he is and the valuable contributor that he is to the Montreal Canadiens, he is somebody that will need to be taken care of in terms of a contract extension uh, relatively soon. Uh, but it's the first time that he's really, a, that I've heard him talk about this and he said some really encouraging things. I think if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, he he pointed out multiple times his desire to win is, is there. He wants to win and whether or not that means, you know, he'll take a small discount. I, I don't, I don't think it's fair to jump to those types of conclusions just yet, but he said that he didn't envision this becoming a distraction, which all in all, I think is good news. If you're a Montreal Canadiens fan,
2: I think it is. Um, and and to be fair, we're still a ways we're still a ways yes. away from a, a yeah. Brendan Gallagher decision. Um, we haven't finished this year yet, and he still has a contract <laughs> for next year, uh, yeah. and then of course becoming a, an unrestricted free agent the year after that, and in fact becoming an unrestricted free agent with each of his line mates all at the same time: Thomas Tatar and Filip Um so I I thought that it was it was um, you know he was very positive about um, wanting to get something done, but uh, he was very specific about there are priorities for him, and his top priority is winning. Again, repeating that that um, uh, banter that that or that narrative that that uh, Carrie Price and Shea Weber have said that they you know they need to win now so um that was that i think is going to be part of the conversation that he has with um mark bergevin that that uh re-signing will mean a commitment to winning very soon uh and that's how it will help him make his decisions but um Brandon Gallagher was seemed to be all over the news this week and and yeah. he was asked he's spending time in Vancouver and and uh asked you know what his what his days are like now and um he talked about working out with his dad every morning to to try and um stay in shape although he said that's getting more difficult as time goes on um that he spends hours in the afternoon watching videos, especially on TikTok. And if you've seen (laughs) his TikTok videos are crazy. Um, and, and he said, the reason that he's doing them is, is simply to get a laugh out of Arturi Lakanen, um, which I, which I thought was funny. Um, and I, I just, um, you know, I, I think that, that Brendan Gallagher is uh, there's there's a lot of talk about well could he be a future captain yeah, a, a future leader maybe not a captain the way he plays on the ice and um and and also that he's you know he's a, a rep now for the NHLPA he and and Paul Byron for his team so um, I think he's he's kind you're seeing uh, a very mature Brendan a very mature thoughtful Brendan Gallagher come out and. And that decision's about his future, his contract, and also, as we'll talk about later, uh, the league resuming this season.
1: Absolutely. And the good news for Brendan Gallagher this week was, in addition to the hours that he would spend on TikTok, either creating those videos for uh, approval from Arturi <laughs> Lecan and his teammates, uh, and, and just watching TikTok to pass time, as many people have been doing, uh, the, the NFL draft, happened this week. And Brendan Gallagher, if you follow him on social media, he is a Bengals fan. So he uh, probably quite happy with uh, the Bengals draft day in round one, picking up uh, Joe Burrow. But regardless, the NFL draft is probably going to be a little bit of an opportunity for the NHL to learn from what they did because Relatively speaking, I, and I didn't, I didn't watch much. I'm not a huge NFL fan, but I was tuning in, in, in in little spurts to see how it played out in terms of the technology that they were using and how it all sort of played out that way. Uh, Rick, do you think the NHL will use that as as their method for conducting the draft? And do you think that they were taking notes, particularly Gary Bettman, about Roger Goodell and his performance with M Ms and lounge chairs? <laughs> and And a
2: wardrobe change halfway yeah. through uh the the first round uh Goodell changed uh into a sweater uh more casual but um i, I think yeah of course uh there there was a, a lot more focus on the n h l draft on the n f l draft from the n h l this season to see how it was going to work out first time ever that um uh, the n f l has gone into a virtual draft. And um, this was a production of ESPN and, and the NFL network. And just uh, um, when you think about it, a technological challenge, nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had w- more than a hundred camera feeds. They had everybody all over the place. Uh, they had uh, fan cams up. They had uh, cameras in that they sent out into 60 of the potential draftees uh, then you had all the war rooms of the um, um, head coaches and GMs, um, and some of those were uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, you had uh, uh, Jerry Jones on his uh, $250 million super yacht. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, the head coach of Arizona, uh, what a setup he had. Uh, My favorite, of course, was, and and a real badass setup was uh, Mike Zimmer, the Zimmer Ridge Ranch with a whole wall (laughs) of uh, trophies that he's, you know, he's collected. Um, And, uh, and I mean, I mean, his hunting trophies, not, not his football trophies (laughs) um, on a, on a, a big stone fireplace. Um, So it was, it was, there was a lot of interest. uh, And I think other than a few minor audio dropouts and hiccups. I, th- I thought that, that it all came off surprisingly very well. Um, you had each one of the studio analysts in their homes and, um, and they were able to bring all of this together. And um, I, I, well, obviously a success, the, the viewership was up um, 37% from last year and the NFL set a record for their draft viewing of 15.6 million. Um, so you think Gary Bettman likes that? Of course he does. Um, and and it's this this had a lot of NHL eyes on. And and I mean you you saw you mentioned uh, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, you saw uh, NHL players. Uh, Ryan Reeves was was there, uh, tweeting and, and putting out a little video welcoming the the players to La- Las Vegas, uh, of course the, the new Las Vegas Raiders moving from Oakland. And, and um, it was, it was a big event again for, for starved sports fans. This is the, the first opportunity that they had. Um, so you can see why the NHL is, is, uh, is just so um, focused on, on trying to make use of this, this time off that they have to see if they can do a similar sort of thing, and I'll just say an aside: um, as a Vikings fan, uh, the <laughs> first three picks for the Vikings couldn't have been scripted any better. Fabulous, and with the Packers imploding the way they did, uh, <laughs> uh, causing the whole Rogers controversy, selecting a quarterback. Hey, life is good. That that was that was a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a huge football fan, but I did see the the confusion uh, on social media as to why the Packers would be picking a quarterback in in the first round. But uh, anyways, uh, but there's also the possibility they have the draft before awarding the Stanley cup, which is going to be a weird thing to envision. If if they award the cup at all uh, this season, um, that's, that's what's being thrown out there. So that, that's an interesting bit of information as well. Um, but also from the NFL draft, very quickly, if we do if this happens, I want to see executives' dogs behind it, manning the station, <laughs> manning the <laughs> like Bill Belichick. I'm not a big Bill Belichick fan, but that was one of the more human moments that we've seen out of Bill Belichick. So uh, that was that was something special. So yeah, very listen, much like to see that.
2: The, the, it's it was a real event it really was and 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 you've got to give the nfl a lot of credit they had peyton manning opening it with a message all about hope um uh roger goodell take him or leave him um uh, but he 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 read all the pics would i want to see gary bettman um all of that much yeah. gary bettman uh in the nhl no i don't think so um, Harry Connick Jr. Did the, did the national anthem. They even had Dr. Fauci talking about the safety aspect. Um, it was it, – they pulled this off, and, and the, that's why Gary Bettman is, is, um, wants, to, wants this and wants to take advantage of this. You, you heard uh, Brendan Shanahan saying, listen, we're sitting around not doing nothing anyways. We might as well be doing a draft. Um, and so this this proposal was floated to have the draft, the NHL draft, before the end of the season, before the the Stanley Cups awarded. And um, now we we heard Gary Bettman in his talk with Ron McLean say that he got feedback from the GMs. <laughs> yeah, apparently he got some pretty pretty strong feedback, saying, are, you know, are you crazy? Uh, how are you going to do this? Um, with, with the, how are you going to come up with a draft order when the season isn't, isn't done? What's the lottery going to look like? Um, what about all the conditional picks and, 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 're yeah. working that out? There's some huge um, in, in addition to the technological side of this, there's huge logistical kind of um, things that have to be worked out. And that would have to be worked out with, with the teams and the NHLPA and, um, so we heard that, that Gary Bettman later said, well, you know, this is just a trial balloon. We're just floating ideas out there. And and yeah, of course, uh, <laughs> you say that after uh, an idea has has kind of crashed and burned. But, but um, why is there so much push to get eyes on the NHL um, through the draft, which would be why they're trying to do it um, uh, in June? Why is there so much push to get the season restarted? Um they we heard about it um in that discussion with Ron McLean. Um Ron McLean said, um are what about the national broadcast revenue? Um are are you gonna are, are you gonna be short about two hundred million? And Bettman said no, more. Um so if the league is gonna be down three hundred million or more Um, that's 10 million, a team, uh, you split that in half with the, with the players, take it off. And that's an immediate $5 million reduction in the cap. This, these decisions have huge implications and, and safety and, and health is, is the number one consideration, but you've got to know that Gary Bettman is also looking at the financial stability of the league. And, and, uh, so these are, these are going to be things that, and, and having a draft, and a, a spotlight and a showcase for, for hockey is going to be something that we're going to be hearing about uh, going forward. I think.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, we've, we've been talking the past few weeks and we're going to talk about it in, in the next segment about the ideas that have been thrown out there to get this back, to get resumption of play underway and, and whatever. And, and Gary Batman has said, listen, there's nothing that has been ruled in or out. We are evaluating all options. So, certainly something to monitor, as you said, but, uh, Rick, it was, it's been a very difficult week. Um, last Saturday into Sunday, um, Nova Scotia was just, it's, it's unspeakable and it's really unthinkable what happened in Nova Scotia just last week. Um, this was, uh, just heartbreaking what came out of Nova Scotia all the lives that were lost because of the actions of, of this man who um it's it's just it's heartbreaking it, it truly is and and Sidney Crosby did a little video and I'm sure everyone you know, you're a hockey fan you saw it and Sidney Crosby um he just has an ability to to put it wonderfully and perfectly when when it when it, it needs to happen and, and he said I'm in Pittsburgh right now, but my heart and my mind is with Nova Scotia. And it's, it's, it's all of us right now. It's all of Canada is with Nova Scotia right now.
2: Uh, absolutely. Um, we have, we have friends in, in Nova Scotia. We have a lot of listeners in Nova Scotia and, uh, we just want to let you know that we're thinking about you uh, now is a terrible tra- tragedy tragedy. want to send out our condolences. Um, I think it's fair to say that, that um, uh, mistakes were made, and there's going to be a time for that much later. Uh, but right now, it's all, all, all about supporting uh, the families and the people of Nova Scotia, and, and we're right there with
1: you. I'm sending love to Nova Scotia during these very difficult times. Um, stay with us here
0: on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, Forum Administration, Social Media Administration, Multimedia, Graphic Design, Web Development and User Support, Event Planning, and Sponsorship and Marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
1: And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can follow me on Twitter at Whalen 19 You can follow Rick at AllHabs, and you can follow uh, Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection. Um, So, Rick, um, this, obviously, we've we've been talking about this for the last number of weeks, as I said. Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, um, Colin Campbell now all talking about possibilities that they can resume play in a timely fashion, whenever this is, when they're allowed to do it, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so now the idea of hub cities is being thrown out there and we've had neutral sites being thrown out like North Dakota, New Hampshire, uh, but there are logistical problems with that. Um, you know, the the dressing rooms was pointed out as being one, being able to broadcast another. Um, but what do you think about this idea of, of picking NHL cities that have not been, you know, hit as hard as some others and having teams go there and play there and try to formulate a little bubble area where they can play these hockey games and potentially award a Stanley cup this season?
2: Well, I appreciate that, that the NHL Um, is looking at creative kind of ideas for uh, resuming the season. And um, a few weeks back, we, we talked about, um, you know, going to isolated uh, areas and uh, particularly where um, the coronavirus has, has not uh, uh, had as much of an impact. And, you know, as you said earlier, uh, whether that be North Dakota or, or New Hampshire or, Um, And it was, it was just, um, as the discussion went on, it was proved, um, you know, logistically, it just wasn't possible. So now the proposal is to have, um, they have, they're reviewing that they're evaluating of 12 NHL um, cities, and uh, hoping to pair that back to four. And in those four cities, then um, each division would gather um, in all the players and and I suspect their families um, in one of those hub cities um, and play out the 189 games left on the schedule. Now, having said that, um, the schedule would have to be completely redone of those remaining games uh, to play uh, these teams would only be playing in their division uh, only divisional games. Um, so, and, and it would be kind of a tournament style, right? You have three games a day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's the reason that's part of the reason that they need NHL rinks uh, because it's NHL rinks that uh, or NHL cities that have, uh, both the, the, the rink that they play in, but also the availability of practice rinks. Um, you'll, you have multiple locker rooms in in NHL buildings, and they need at least four so that um, the dressing rooms can be sanitized between the games. And when you're playing three a game, uh, three a day, um, it's, it's, uh, it's going to take a lot. And as well, there's also the broadcast, the, the technological Aspect the the broadcast facilities, um, so I think that's going to be um, that the, they're having to look at all of these as, as as well being able to lock down in in kind of a bubble and have access to, or uh, close by access to um, hotels and restaurants and and all the things that the players and and perhaps families will need. So um, it's not going to be an isolated area it's not going to be a college rink um it's going to be in an nhl city and the two in canada that um apparently are on the list uh, are edmonton and toronto now toronto has uh fits the bill with um uh, scotia bank being close to hotels and restaurants and all of that also there's a an enormous number of practice um facilities available in in toronto and as um uh, Coley Campbell said that they've had experience with this rather recently during the world cup. Um, Edmonton is also, uh, getting some attention, uh, as one of those cities and the Canadian cities are, are, uh, one of the other aspects that the Canadian cities are, are attractive is the 70 cent dollar. Um, so that, 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 It's attractive, except, um, you know, a couple of days after they said that uh, Edmonton was on the list, the Alberta um, head of Alberta health said, um, you know, there was more than 15 people couldn't gather. And that goes right to the end of the summer. So there's going to have to be some things worked out there. But here's here's what we hear the schedule is going to be right now. They're in a quarantine um, and, and that will be extended. But round about May 15th, all the players will travel to their home city, uh, the, the, the city that they play in. Um, and they'll stay there for two weeks in quarantine to make sure there's no issues, no outbreaks, whatever. Um, and then they will go to, um, if everything's fine there after the two weeks, uh, they'll go to the... Um, Uh, one of the designated hub cities and play out the regular season, probably going to take till the end end of June or maybe even later than that. Oh, I should say, I'm sorry. One, one piece of that, that I I missed is a three week training camp. Um, Yeah. And, and that would come after the, the, uh, uh, the, the travel to home city, although it's not clear whether they'd be practicing at home or, or at the the hub city. Um, And then, you know, we'd be into hockey in the summer and, and um, first round of playoffs, maybe in August and, and perhaps getting rid of the wild card has been suggested. Then you reduce to two cities after the first round and play out the Stanley cup. Is this ambitious? Wow. Is it ever? Um, (laughs) And, and we remember it was just a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about New Hampshire and North Dakota. So all yeah. this could change an awful lot um, in the in the time, and of course, all of it's going to depend on them getting medical approval. Um, and getting medical approval is important. And just to mention, um, Montreal is Montreal under consideration? No, it isn't. Uh, and that's mainly because of the impact that uh, the coronavirus has had on on Montreal and Quebec.
1: Yeah, and as you said, the ones that are being considered in Canada, Toronto, uh, is one of them. And uh, Brandon Shanahan said, uh, on Tim and Sid said, I do like the idea of four hub cities, the idea of bringing each division to that hub city. We're not talking about doing it right now or anywhere right now around the corner. Um, but when the time is safe and the proper proper authorities give the clearance to do so, under the, under the right precautions, I think that uh, it is a very workable scenario. So... Yeah, as you said, there, there needs to be a consideration to the players when you do that, you know, and, and certainly, as you said, there are logistical things that need to be taken care of. You need to make sure there are four dressing rooms. You need to make sure that there is for the NHL to broadcast those games. You need to be able to do that, the technical side of it. So it's, it's very, as you said, it's very ambitious. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. But um, regarding the resumption of play in general, guy that we already have talked about on this podcast today uh brendan gallagher had some fairly interesting comments uh, especially considering he's a nh of the uh, one of the nhlpa reps for the montreal canadians um what what did you think about brendan gallagher's comments about potentially coming back he didn't he, he, like as you would perhaps expect uh, for a guy that isn't on a team that is You know, looking into or that is in the current playoff if 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 they don't expand it not going to be a playoff team um you might expect that he is looking forward to next season rather than focusing on a resumption of play
2: yeah uh, brendan gallagher didn't mince words at all and i mean he understands that that the money is that the league is is uh hemorrhaging money and uh that that's important as well for the players and and uh they don't want a big reduction in the cap or a big clawback with the escrow next year so um his quote was um Gary is very motivated motivated to get these games in so he's obviously the message coming through the the NHLPA and 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 um Brendan Gallagher said that he's he's been on a lot of conference calls the the players the, as reps have, have had a lot of discussions, have had a lot of votes on things, although I didn't see what that re- was related to. Um, but he, and he said, there's going to have to be a creative solution. Uh, but then he went in and talked about the Canadians and, and he and Paul Byron have been talking with their teammates. And he said, okay, let's, let's get past this. Realistically, we we're going to make the playoffs. Um, but, all of this focus on completing the season for us with just 11 games left is, is a detriment to our, our preparation for next year. Um, He said, we got to go back to Montreal. We have to go in a two week quarantine. Then there's three weeks of training camp um, and all of this just to play 11 games. Um, He said, how's that going to affect my time uh, in the summer uh, for training? How's it going to affect Next season, how is it going to affect the start of next season? He said it's just not worth it for those teams who um, have been eliminated from the playoffs. And and he also talked about uh, those players he's heard from, players going into free agency uh, who don't want to be put in a position uh, where rushing this through and just to get those games in is going to perhaps cause an injury that's going to jeopardize their payday, their free agency payday. So um, it's, there's two views here and two pretty strong views. Um, And, and if there was any doubt about where the Canadians feel, uh, Dale Weiss was also echoed much of what um, uh, uh, Brendan Gallagher said. Uh, Dale Weiss was quoted as saying uh, the guys in the playoffs the guys who are already headed to the playoffs obviously want to get back and play. But for guys like us who are on the outside, you're not going to cut your training in half in the summer. You're not going to come back. You're not going to be in real good shape. You're not going to risk injury in training camp to come back to play 11 games when we know we're not getting in the playoffs. So again, a really strong statement from um, Dale Weiss. Now, Dale Weiss is going to be a, a, a pending free agent. Uh, and I think it's fair to say, uh, Dale Weiss is not going to be coming back to the Montreal Canadiens. So he's going to be looking for a job in the off season. And there's some real discussion points here, real, um, you know, that's, that's that, that the NHL, the, uh, the players, the teams, the GMs, the PA, they're all going to have to work out and, and, uh, it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, and and you can understand, as you said, guys that are not in that spot, guys that won't be participating in the playoffs, yeah, you can understand why those guys would not want to come back and potentially, as you said, risk injuries, um, you know, risk their status. It's difficult to ask guys to do that. Um, It's, yeah, any scenario where the NHL comes back, it's going to need to be 100% – safe for the players to do it, but also I think you need to consider the fact that those guys don't want to play hockey games. I, will they have a choice in the matter at the end? Maybe not, but those guys are well within the right, I think, to express that fact because you know there's a, you know 16 teams that are going to make the playoffs, and the other 14, if they have to finish out a regular season where they're already eliminated, they know where they stand, that, that seems to play 11 games, as they put it, doesn't make much sense if it risks them losing time to train or even injure, you know, suffering an injury. So it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely not going to be a, an ideal uh, circumstance for those guys. Um, but I guess, yeah, the, this seems like a more desirable option than playing games in neutral sites like New Hampshire and, and North Dakota. So I guess if we get to the point where it's safe to do so, as Brendan Shanahan said, I think this might be the option that you would expect to see if if we get to that point.
2: And we should just add one more thing. All of this is going to be done without fans. Um, there's, yes. there's just, there's just no way to do that. And um, you know, some uh, like Brian Burke have, and I think I mentioned this last week have has already said he's not going Uh, Into an uh, arena and, and uh, his, his children aren't going to go into an arena until there's a vaccine. So, and I, there's a lot of fans that I've spoken to uh, that are of that feeling as well. Um, So this is, this is all going to be a made for TV um, product, but that, especially for the playoffs and the national TV revenue that generates a lot of income for, there's not going to be any gate revenue uh, through the playoffs or the, or the final, the, uh, finishing off the regular season, but there's going to be TV revenue. And, and you'd expect maybe, uh, that that there's a market that's hungry for sports that is going to watch. Although if you're playing this, uh, right in the, the, the deep summer months, um, you know, are you, are you going to have the casual fan, uh, joining in to watch the playoffs? That's, that's a big unknown. We, we just don't yeah. know if that's going to, play out that way or not
1: i mean you look at the interaction i mean the nfl draft the ratings for that uh the ratings for anything that's going on a couple of weeks back you had wrestlemania and wwe and that had huge numbers in terms of social media interaction so if they can get to a point where they are able to do this in a safe manner then I can understand the the desire to want to get it done if they can, because the fact that there is no other competition, whether or not you're going to grab the casual fan, because if other sports leagues start to do this too, or find ways that they'll be able to do it, you no know, MLB has been talking about, or at least they were talking about going to Arizona and doing it that way and playing out a season, you know, or starting the season anyways and, and seeing where it goes. But it's yeah, it's it's not going to be but you look at the way the NFL draft did, you look at the fact that now the NHL is discussing potentially having a resumption of play and doing the NHL draft, you it, it looks like a good opportunity for them to try to gain some some more popularity in the in terms of the the, four, the core four in North American team sports. So that that's something for, for them to consider, I guess, as as you look at the uh, NFL draft and how well that did um, but Rick, uh, I guess we'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to discuss, we've been doing a, we've been doing the bracket challenge for the top players from the two thousands. We've broken it down into forwards, defensemen, goaltenders. We're going to have a wild card division as well, but we we're underway with the forward bracket. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss how that has transpired. We've had five matchups, uh, uh, we just posted out another one this morning. Um, so we are half, over halfway through the first round of the Forward Bracket Challenge. So we'll discuss the winners and, uh, and see what matchups are looming for the, the guys that are moving on. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. your year-round resource for anything hams related that's allhabs.net
1: and we're back here on the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio and uh, as i said uh from the Canadi- the Canadians Connection Twitter account at Havs Connection on Twitter, uh, we, we we've come up with this bracket challenge. Thanks to uh, our friend Mike, who who suggested the idea to do a, a 2000s players bracket challenge. As I said, we've divided it up into four divisions. We're in the first division right now, and we're just over halfway through the first round of of forwards. Uh, these matchups that we've been doing of 2000s Montreal Canadiens forwards. And it's, it's really, it's been, it's been really interesting. And it's going to get even more interesting because the matchups are going to get a little bit more competitive because as you can imagine, 2000s Montreal Canadians, you're talking about an era. They did not win a Stanley cup. Uh, the, the rankings are a bit top heavy. So you have, you know, we had Zach who go up against Oleg Petrov and you can't really compare those two guys because one guy played, a handful of seasons to begin the 2000s and the other guy was one of the, is tied for being the longest serving captain in Montreal Canadiens history but you you can imagine Zach Kukweber won out with 98 percent of 195 votes in in that matchup uh, moving on we had a little bit of a closer one between Andre Kositsin and Richard Zednik uh, Richard Zednik moving on with 66 percent of the votes Um, and and that was 114 votes in that one. Um, You move on to the third matchup, which was Brendan Gallagher, as we've discussed uh, about Brendan Gallagher uh, through the course of this podcast, uh, against David DeHarnay, who we had mentioned off the top, so that's a nice little tie-in too. (laughs) Uh, Brendan Gallagher with 95% of the vote, uh, 129 votes in that one, and uh, Alex Kovalev was the fourth winner in his matchup against Chris Higgins uh, receiving 94% of the vote. Today's matchup that we just posted uh, this morning was Tomasz Plakanich against Brian Savage. Um, and so far, 125 uh, votes on that one and uh, Tomasz Plakanich in the lead with 93% of the vote. Um, yeah. So as I said, the, we we've, we did these rankings and as you can imagine, Zach Okoibu was our number one going up against, you know, as you do in the playoffs, going up against the lower seed and, and ranking it that way, or not the NHL playoffs, I should say, like other other leagues that do playoffs. We're not promoting divisional rivalries in this, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's going to lead to some really interesting matchups because next week or whenever it is that we get to the next round, I should say, you're going to be looking at. Alex Kovalev against Brendan Gallagher. That's a really interesting matchup. That's something that's going to make people think about, okay, well, you look at the, you know, just before the 2010s began the impact that Alex Kovalev had, some of the clutch goals that he scored, the monster seasons that he had, the power play one timer from Andre Markov. There's a lot of things you have to think about there. And then Brendan Gallagher, of course, being a heart and soul guy. um, It's, there's a lot to, a lot to unpack there. So, we're getting into some really interesting matchups coming down the pike.
2: Well, thank you to you. And thank you to Mike, um, uh, one of our longtime listeners and, and uh, yeah. uh, of both this show and from the press box, we so thank you both for putting this together and uh, I'm really pleased at the reaction. Lots of votes. Uh, There's been some interesting comments uh, <laughs> as well. Um, the, the one that was, was intriguing for me was uh, Zednik and Kostitsin. And that's uh, Andrei Kostitsin. Um and it just—I think Andre Kostitsyn might have done better. But what a, he was really hated <laughs> by the time he left yeah. in, in Montreal. Unfortunately, he was very productive with uh, with Kovalev, and but um, uh, unfortunately, uh, one of those players that was was kind of run out of town. But we were talking about the unrealistic or a little earlier the unrealistic the. Um, uh, love for David DeHarnay, and and we, we've seen <laughs> comments like "Who the hell voted for DeHarnay?" Five yeah. percent uh, voting for DeHarnay against Gallagher—that's just silly. That's just really, really silly.
1: Yeah, that was a but, bit more um, than I thought. Yeah,
2: but th- these are fascinating, and uh, we thank you for for keeping engaged. We 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 like we're glad that you're voting, uh, and and as as you said. Um, Joe, the matchups are going to get a little more interesting and and perhaps closer. Uh, So we're fascinated and we'll, we'll talk about it as it goes on. We'll, we're going to have Mike on as well uh, to give his thoughts. Um, But we really appreciate you staying engaged uh, both on uh, our Twitter accounts. As you said, this one is, is coming from our Canadians connection Twitter account at Habs connection. Be sure you're following it. Uh, We're still getting all kinds of discussion on the, uh, All Habs Facebook page uh, go to Facebook and look for All Habs and um, this week we had a, a, a pretty uh, good discussion and, and engagement rate on um, Vasily Demchenko and and so uh, we'll keep posting things, you keep responding and um, we'll stay engaged as as we said, keep your distance but, but stay connected here on the Canadians Connection
1: Absolutely, we're going to keep turning out some great content and we want to interact with you guys. It's what we call it. The Canadians connection podcast. Uh, And I'll just say, say uh, sorry, before
2: we, we say goodbye, uh, just something. Thanks again to, for all of the texts uh, that I've gotten. And, and we've been getting a lot of texts, particularly on the, 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 the format as it were uh, to the, to the restart um, and, and to the, the hub city proposal and to the draft, not, not, uh, not many of our listeners like the, um, the draft before the the end of the season. Uh, but we're, we're wanting to hear from you. We're, we're also going to, um, I we've been told that there was a wedding out there of Habs fans uh, during ah. uh, the coronavirus. So we're going to be featuring that maybe next week, uh, but we're always happy to hear about what you're doing uh, during this pause. And so be sure to stay engaged with us, uh, uh, via social media, uh, or uh, just remind you, you know it by now, but our text number is 5853 uh, rocket, the rocket sports text number 5853 rocket.
1: Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, Rick, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians connection podcast. And once again, we thank everyone for tuning in. Thank the frontline workers, uh, people that are keeping their distance, social distancing, Um, doing all of the things that we need to do to get through this. So uh, once again, I want to say thank you to everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is 2.30 Newfoundland time. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.